We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Road of His Overtime podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm joined by Sean Siegel as we are continuing our draft versus the Rotoviz Overtime listeners. They are putting us through our paces, Sean. It feels like we you know, have done our drafts over the last couple of weeks. That was our preseason. This feels like it's the, the main event here as we're, as we're really ramping things up. Some very interesting teams. We are through 10 rounds. Just to recap where we are, we took two wide receivers to start in Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, then Saquon Barkley, George Kittle. Then we go with Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins. Zach Wilson came back to us in the seventh round. Then we went Darnell Mooney, paired Garrett Wilson up with Zach Wilson. And then we got Baker Mayfield in the 10th. Took him a little bit ahead of ADP, but based on how the build was going, felt it was kind of uh, essential. And as we talked about in the previous show, talking through part one of this draft, Sean, feels like that ADP will lift a couple of rounds. And, and that could be a very good value if the Browns do make that trade and, and move away from baker mayfield so how are you feeling through 10 rounds here as we we continue our our march on the draft good i like what we've done i like taking the big risks kind of at this part of the offseason obviously you're going to play it a little bit tighter once everything falls out and you know who the starters are going to be for a variety of teams you want to attack those players where the ADP shift could be absolutely gigantic, just like you said. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be right all of the time. And one of the things that I do try and mention on the shows is that we want to emphasize advance rate. You know, we only played a handful of teams last season, but because those teams advanced, one of the two teams I did with you advanced, one of the two teams I did with Zach advanced. Unfortunately, the team with Zach did bow out in the first round, I think finished fourth, didn't make it into that group at the top that would get through but the team with you made it and and the first thing you're trying to do is not necessarily to optimize for uh, this week 17 that you don't know if you're going to make I mean you have to have a build that will work to give you these really really high advance rates and so when we say that we're doing kind of a fun build and a contrarian build and sort of a lottery ticket build that's within the context of knowing that in general that's not necessarily what we're trying to do but it seemed like it would be fun to do number one in a listener draft and number two when you get the 111. One of the things that I really hate is when you get a pick in that sort of nine through 12 range, it depends on the format, how bad you know the ninth pick would be or the 10th pick would be. I've got an article coming out talking about how it's just it's so important to get into those top 10 picks if you're doing a superplex dynasty startup, for example. But if you get into this situation where your pick is going to be worth a lot less at the premium position than everybody else's don't just chase those points i mean then you're starting in a massive hole right in this format it would be a qb and normal formats it tends to be running back you know that's one of the reasons that zero rb sort of evolved certainly not the only one the 9 10 11 12 picks were not the only ones that i was drafting zero rb at uh, for sure but don't chase the points at the position where you're already behind. If you have a chance to get this prohibitive advantage yourself at a different position, make sure you do that and then work your way through. Take the risks that you need at the position 
that you're weak later on. And for us, obviously, that's quarterback. We've taken some risks. We're betting on Baker Mayfield starting. You know, if that doesn't happen, this team will probably be out. But we still have some tricks up our sleeve later at the QB position. We know we want to draft at least three, the roster construction explorer, and just logic. But one of the things that we were talking about with the roster construction explorer is that you don't necessarily have massive, massive, massive amounts of data. The roster construction explorer is the most useful when it confirms or at least runs in parallel to the other types of experience that you have as a drafter and the logic of how the format should work. And so you want to keep that kind of thing in mind. Colin, I like where we are. We're headed toward our pick here in round 11. We have a lot of flexibility here, as do most of the teams. Fill the listeners in on what is currently transpiring. Yeah, so we don't want to say it too loud, Sean, but I mentioned Tyler Boyd in the last round. He is still there. He could be, you know, he's a he's an OG of the, the road of his faithful. I think, um, you know, from the early days of our podcast, he was one of the, the key parts. So he is still there. Um, Herb Smith goes off the board. Rashad Penny, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Tyler Lockett. Noah Fant does go off the board, who is somebody I was going to ask you about. Went a little bit ahead of ADP in this one, but I think that again is probably down to <laughs> down to people having some intel on what we might be looking to do. And then Alan Lazard was that next pick. So when we look at the options, we still do have some quarterback options, but I think we're probably not doing that at the next pick. Maybe maybe at the the turn when we come back, but I think we'll probably be holding off now that we have two. We do have. A number of guys just to let the listeners know a little bit about the queue we have jimmy garoppolo and desmond ritter in there these aren't in particular order then tyler boyd mbs rondell moore ron ronald jones sean looking through the the players that are available those are kind of my top guys that i'd be looking to get as we're one pick away here based on our build so far the other guy that i would slot into that would be melvin garden who i think could be interesting but we do have three running backs so i think that we probably should be looking elsewhere but we're in a spot here where some of our favorite zero rb guys do go off the board so are you looking to move in i think we're we're a little bit early here for the tight ends out to the noah phantom and we are getting the the listeners know here gerald everett goes off the board as well quite a bit ahead of adp so <laughs> some of these guys are are guys that we were hoping to target later so what are your thoughts at this point i, I feel like i would be leaning here to to maybe try and get one of those wide receivers and void or more and then one of the running backs potentially in, in jones or garden in the next uh, two picks the main thing here is that it's very i, I wouldn't say frustrating because we we know that this is going to happen but it is a situation where you get all of these great values on noah fant and gerald everett and then draft against the listeners and those guys aren't there where normally they would be those would be one of those two players would be the perfect fit with george kittle having kind of that two tight end potential bill there we're now in a situation where we're sort of locked out at tight end in addition to having the weaker quarterbacks that's not really the way i like it to go there ronald jones probably not going to come back to us in round 13 so if it's okay with you that's probably where i would make this selection and then we can finish figure out that 12th round pick that's okay let's let's go with it yeah, you mentioned it. it. It is frustrating, but the other thing is, is like you know, we get the interaction, and uh, I know you mean frustrating for us, not for in general, but getting you know the interaction with our kind of road of his overtime community and seeing the way these drafts are being put together and and implementing the stuff that like we're hoping to get that guy a couple of picks later. So uh, smart drafting there, but yeah, getting boxed out a little bit. When we look at some of the top tight end options will be available, I think there's there's not really a lot of them that we're hoping to get but how do you feel as the draft progresses i'll name off some of the guys so gronk is out of the mix but hunter henry robert tonyan tyler higby and joku ingram hurst logan thomas there's not a lot of i'm probably holding off at this point <laughs> all the way down to brevin jordan um tyler higby could be somebody of interest as well but what's your thoughts there the other one i suppose is the tight end contracts were getting given out quite healthily this offseason and uh uh, CJ Uzama did get one of those who would be able to be stacked up with Zach Wilson if we go all in on the New York Jets, but that's that's a lot later. But um, do you feel like that we're just we're just waiting to see what our options are in a couple of rounds' time at the tight end position based on on those two players going? Yeah, a tight end will be much much later now, and 
it, it does put a lot of pressure on Kittle to be that elite tight end for us, the guy who scores most weeks and gives us the upside in the playoffs. Colin, what I'm looking at here, there are actually a, a couple of other drafters who have been very gutsy at QB, and that makes me think that there are other managers here who are targeting Desmond Ritter. He's really the only interesting player left in terms of someone who is both likely to play and gives a lot of upside. I actually think that we have to take him here or we're not going to get him. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, again, a bit like we talked with some of the players earlier, you know, there is upside. We get Jimmy Garoppolo. We kind of know what we're probably going to get. If he gets traded, we're in that Baker Mayfield scenario. I, I was, I, you know, I always talk about trying to be comfortable in these drafts. Having Mayfield and Garoppolo and, and kind of hoping that both guys get traded might have been a little bit of a difficult situation. But yeah, looking through the quarterback options that are available at this point and, and how ADP sometimes is, you know, out the window in some of these drafts. But you know, Watson is still there, Darnell's there, Garoppolo, Brissett, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, you know, and then you're really into guys that probably aren't going to play at all Tyler Huntley, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Gardner Minshew. So, that probably sean is the the right call to go there when we look through you mentioned about some of the teams being brave team in 12th has three quarterbacks we now have three quarterbacks after that team 10 team nine we're, we're looking at a lot of teams then all the way down until we get to team three team three has two quarterbacks they went back to back in the first two rounds with mahomes and rogers but team one has just josh allen so they really would have been probably looking to to get rid of there at that particular point so um i also think that mixing him in with um kyle pitts who is their tight end as well that that probably feels like that that was going to be their pick um at the back end of this round and ritter has a around 14 adp but as the news continues to trickle out that he's putting pressure on mariota not just to play this season but to play early I would expect that to creep up. He is and was the next QB uh, in terms of ADP and to expect a lot of drafters who have sort of waited big picture to then pass on him, I think was probably unrealistic for us, even though it's a reach by ADP. I think it's a, a good value in this draft and a good fit with what we're trying to do. And that gives us flexibility as we, continue through i still am very open to selecting jimmy garoppolo i think this does need to be a four qb build but now there isn't the same amount of pressure to try and get him in there and we can fill out some of these other positions i like the balance that we have on this team and we don't necessarily talk about balance a ton because it's so important to get those wide receivers and win the race to fill the flex but with the slightly different dynamic between running back and wide receiver i like the fact that in this particular draft if you do go zero qb which obviously comes with these massive weaknesses and so it's not to say oh you know we went zero qb and, and now we're going to win as a result but you do get a lot of talent at the other positions you can dominate those positions and then if you manage to hit on these QBs, you would be in place to potentially have a tournament winning type of team. But beyond just that, we do have balance, which is nice in terms of Barkley, ETN, and Dobbins at running back. We just added Ronald Jones at wide receiver. We've got two of the three stars in Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Then you have Mooney and Garrett Wilson. We're probably going to look to add some more wide receiver depth, but I like the way that we're looking in terms of sort of winning the race to fill the normal flex. We're obviously losing the race to fill the super flex. But we can now go in a variety of different ways, especially since we do have that elite tight end in George Kittle. Having the flexibility at this point in the draft where we still have eight selections to go means that we can take a lot of values as the draft progresses. Yeah, no, I think that that all makes a lot of sense. I'm just uh, adding some wide receiving options into the queue to see how things shake out here over the next round or so. But since we picked last... Uh, Jameson Williams goes, Tyler Boyd goes, and the, the team with Tyler Boyd now has a triple stack with the Bengals, with Joe Burrow in there, and T. Higgins as well. Uh, MBS goes, Chase Claypool, Rondell Moore, Kenny Galladay, Cordell Patterson, Melvin Gordon, uh, Robert Tonyan, and then Ramon Ray Stevenson. So team at spot one didn't go quarterback there. We'll see if they go quarterback with their 13th round pick. But yeah, it, it could be getting a little bit dicey on that uh, with, with one quarterback through those 13 rounds but it is josh allen so maybe they're going to go a different way with it we are looking though sean 
I think there is some kind of interesting veteran wide receiver options here. In terms of how we're looking to play it out, though, now we mentioned waiting quite a bit now on tight end to see how things roll. But what do you think in the final build? Because you did touch there on a possible four quarterback build with George Kittle and with the limitation on the options that remain available. Are we still thinking we're pro- a three tight end build, or are we just going to rely here on George Kittle to, to bring us to the promised land? Go two court, two tight end. Sorry. Well, I think that Tyler Higby is someone that we're not ever interested in at ADP, but once he falls well below ADP, then he would be a potential selection. We look at all of the enthusiasm for Allen Robinson being in this Rams offense. Now, Higby was in it last year, didn't do the things that drafters were hoping. That's still a possibility, I think, in year two. Evan Ingram is an interesting way to play Trevor Lawrence, in some ways more interesting than playing Trevor Lawrence himself, because with Trevor Lawrence, you have that risk of a blowing up your quarterback position where you need to score a ton of points. Ingram, if Lawrence really gets going, I think becomes an interesting selection there. So Tyler Higby does go at the 1303. That's actually right at ADP. So he doesn't slide to us there. And, and just to, again, to give readers a little bit of context, that's uh, right around where Gerald Everett normally goes to. So we didn't get a shot <laughs> at Everett in this particular draft. And Joko, a player that was generating a lot of enthusiasm when the prevailing mindset was that Deshaun Watson would play. He no longer is as interesting with people think that he might not, although you know, perhaps Jimmy Garoppolo would be an opportunity there. The Browns situation is such that they, they put so much money into these quarterbacks that continuing to add more quarterbacks who have a contract element that is difficult maybe a, a deal breaker in a variety of different ways. Lena Hayden Hurst moving over to the Bengals becomes a, a more interesting play than Uzama, as you mentioned earlier, because he's going to have Joe Burrow as the quarterback there. Colin, what position are you thinking to emphasize here? There are some players at running back who are mildly interesting in terms of Tyler Algier and Daryl Henderson, Kenny Gainwell, a player that we've been drafting quite a bit. Looking at some of the potential selections by ADP, those would be guys who kind of fit into this range. Not surprisingly, most of the wide receivers who normally go in this range are gone. And I'm not perhaps as excited about the rest of the receivers at these prices. I think that once we wrap around a couple more rounds, we can see some players who are potentially interesting. DJ Chark is the top wide receiver that we have in the board. His ADP is in the 16th round. We're getting ready to make a pick at 1311. Who do you like here? I think if you want to go quarter running back, I would go Gainwell would be my preferred choice of running backs. I think some of the wide receiving options like you were hinting at there are going to continue to, to bounce around. And I think that if we take Gainwell here, we might have an option then to talk about the wide receiver options that are available. We have a lot more wide receivers that we like, I think, here at this point than than running backs. So we do take Gainwell with that pick. Some of the wide receivers that are in the queue, you mentioned Chark, then Crowder is there, Wendell Robinson, CJ Hamler is in the, the mix, and there's some of the veterans who, when they do eventually sign with the club, I think will we'll jump quite a bit, and Will Fuller and, and Julio Jones, I think they'll be available a little bit later. Some of those players, Sean, particularly Wendell Robinson, KJ Hamler, younger players who are hopefully ascending. Then we have Crowder who changes offense and DJ Chark who changed offense. Um, but both veteran options who I think will have solid success this year. I would be going ranking them at the minute for the veterans would be Crowder over Chark. I don't know. I think I think you might be a little bit higher on Chark than I am. And then Robinson and Hamler are, are interesting options there as well. Is there any of those guys that you're hoping to take here? I think that Crowder adds a little bit more intrigue because he does have that week 17 game against Jamar Chase. And so if we had the shootout there and Crowder ended up being the beneficiary, obviously we would expect (laughs) the pecking order to go with Stefan Diggs and then Gabriel Davis. But Jamison Crowder is someone who fits perfectly with what the Bills need. He's like a massively upgraded version of Cole Beasley. If 
the Bengals are really able to put it on them early. A, a situation where Jamison Crowder caught t- 12 passes because they're, you know, in full blown hurry up, catch up mode. Everything's a pass. You have a lot of these underneath completions to make sure you're moving the ball down the field. You want to have these high success rate plays. I think that that scenario makes him a little bit more compelling than he would be otherwise. Again, we're not overly prioritizing that. We're just kind of thinking about how some of those week 17 games could shoot out in our benefit. The main thing there is that I think that Jamison Crowder is a discounted player at ADP. We get him you know, around the range that he should go, at least in terms of wide receiver positional rank. He should be going earlier. I like the fact that we were able to add him to this team. Yeah, I, I don't really understand Crowder's ADP in, in general. I think he's going probably two to three rounds less than he should be. Um, you know, I think Jarvis Landry signing with the Saints is an interesting sign. I think he is undervalued at his ADP. But for example, in this draft, he went four wide receiver selections ahead, kind of a half a round ahead of Crowder. But I think Crowder just goes into a much better offense, is probably going to get more targets in that offense. And I think he's, I think Crowder's going to get a lot of red zone work this year, which um, is obviously going to be very influential to fantasy scoring if that does come to fruition. So I think he is very interesting. Tyler Algier, who you mentioned a couple of rounds ago, uh, does go off the board. Just before that was Naheem Hines and Tim Patrick. Darrell Henderson goes off the board. It's going to be interesting, Sean. I think kind of at this point, I know we talked about ADP shifting a little bit based on the conversations we have in the podcast, your rankings on site, things like that for people who are, are drafting with us who consume our content but over the next couple of rounds i think we'll see players move in all different sort of directions um any any bets on how early we see kj hamler before our next pick well I, at this point i mean kj hamler could go anytime we've had tim patrick selected so i think kj hamler watch is definitely on i mentioned tim patrick tim patrick is a good receiver there's an outside shot that Tim Patrick actually, actually leads this team in receiving, being that red zone threat, having the big body. If anything were to happen to Cortland Sutton, you could just see it massively unlocking Patrick there. So when we joke about Patrick, that's not to say that he is not a good selection. Colin, when we look at our team and what we need to do, we're still weak at QB. We're still weak at tight end. We've discussed some of those options. A few of the names that you have put into the queue are interesting in terms of Trey McBride and Greg Dulcich. Dulcich generating all kinds of raves out of camp now because Albert O is probably one of the six or seven best tight ends in the entire NFL. I don't see a great path for Dulcich to score a ton of points in 2022. Got an article coming out in the next day or two. And maybe as you're listening to this, it's already out looking at you know kyle pitts his rookie year you know why you should consider him a foundation tight end piece a foundation dynasty piece someone who even if you're in a super flex and all the rest of the first round picks are more or less the quarterbacks chase jefferson and taylor but you should consider pitts more or less in that same tier i don't think that that's you know that controversial or provocative but just a reminder of kind of where he is where everybody else has been it's so difficult for those rookie tight ends to score points but i do think that mcbride and dulcich could both score this year even though the tight ends ahead of them have decent adps of their own are expected to score a lot of points the tight end position especially for these guys who come ready is one where i think that similar to wide receiver maybe not to the same extent and maybe not as fast but we're going to start to see those players score more score earlier you can add them late when you need them. Dulcich, someone who does have some cool metrics. And when Patrick Crane was on overtime, he discussed some of those. Pat is always fantastic. If you missed that episode, make sure you check it out. And just kind of as we're talking about Jamison Crowder, I do have an article specifically about how you can maximize your week 17 upside inexpensively. And it does discuss Crowder in that one. Colin, we're moving through the 15th round here. Anyone who's watching on YouTube can kind of see these picks as they're coming off. Unfortunately, DJ Chark does go. He was kind of the player that I was most looking forward to playing here. Uh, Again, just for that tiny little advantage of the fact that the Bears and Lions play in week 17, so you could play Mooney and Chark off of each other, or they would be selected for your lineup if they blew up opposite each other. Who are you seeing here as being the guys that you're emphasizing 
as we get down into uh, sort of the trickier time period. I mean, executing these last picks is crucial. Uh, in some ways, this is crunch time. Even though the players are being selected at this point, you would have a lesser expectation in terms of how much they actually contribute to the lineup. Yeah, so still a number of the guys that we talked about, uh, Wendell and CJ Hamler, are still there. If we look at running backs, uh, Terry and Davis Price is somebody who's available. I, I also think that some of those uh, tight end options who I, I mentioned earlier could start to come into play. I did. I joked about Brevin Jordan, but um, I, I think between him and uh, Branton Cooks, I think they're going to be key parts of the Houston offense. I don't think the Houston offense is going to be very good, but I still think that he has shown a nice little bit through his opening couple of seasons in the league. For me, it'll be him that I'd be trying to pick at wide receiver if we if we are going to go in the next or sorry tight end if we are going to go in the next two rounds but ideally i would be potentially hoping to get him and either wendell or kj hamler have you any uh have you any strong feelings against something like that or for something like that no i, I really like robinson here i do think that at running back Tyrion davis price is pretty interesting he goes at the 1507 so no longer a consideration will fuller and julio jones i also expect to go a little bit of, ahead of adp in this particular draft because the drafters are going to know that again you're, you're looking to select players who are going to explode in adp down the line fuller's got a 19th round jones has a 20th round both of those players are going to jump once they get on the teams and one of the things here is that unless they go completely unsigned which i haven't heard anything to that effect but when players haven't signed at this point i think you're always kind of looking at whether or not this would end up being a rob gronkowski type of situation where one of the things is the teams aren't really convinced that they are 100 percent in on the season you would think that would be a little bit more true with jones perhaps than fuller who is younger but fuller has had all the different types of injury issues if they do play, if they do sign, it's probably going to be a team that needs wide receiver. And so suddenly you're looking at a situation where, you know, now the target volume actually looks pretty decent. So from that perspective, again, we would expect these guys to really jump <laughs> once an NFL team out there uh, realizes that that is a good fit. I mean, I don't think it's even impossible that you would see one of these players end up with the Kansas city chiefs or the green Bay Packers. And then you have a fantastic quarterback situation as well. So Colin, I guess I'm looking at Wondell Robinson and probably will fuller as the two picks here at the 1511. Well, let's go for Wendell. Um, that gives us that pick. And then we are, cause we are on the clock and then we can discuss more about what we'll do on that next pick. You mentioned will fuller. I've drafted will fuller a lot this off season. So for anyone who listened in, we talked about, Sean drafting Debo Samuel in our, our last draft and you know the the exposure to Debo Samuel I might I, I know it's later in the draft but if there's a point that Will Fuller does not play this season I think I'm going to have a a lot of wasted draft picks at this point have you any concerns about him potentially not coming back and then when we look at the options at tight end I did mention Brevin Jordan you didn't talk about Brevin Jordan I don't know if that's your way of saying that you have no interest in drafting him here at this point <laughs> No, Jordan would be interesting. I think it's a situation where it, it, it's a bad offense. It's probably not going to be a great quarterback situation. His athleticism is not to the level of a difference-making tight end. You probably can get John o. Smith later. But despite the lack of athleticism, he was a very good player in college. And uh, as you pointed out, I mean, the targets should be there for him. He was decent in limited opportunities last year. So all of that is kind of pointing in the right direction. I guess when it comes down to players, even at a position that we need like tight end, if McBride or Dulcich are similar, then why not just draft them at the very end and get a potential dominating player, league winning player in Will Fuller here? Okay, let's do it. We'll take Fuller. And when uh, Brevin Jordan is that dominant league winning player this season, we'll, <laughs> we'll play this club again. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I I thought he was like you mentioned he was a good college player. I thought he done quite well last year. Let's hope let's hope that he makes it back to us here in the next round. He'd still his ADP is like you know another eight picks away. So maybe maybe he slips by. But um, yeah, you make a good point again when we go back to the upside plays of the the rookies. But I I'm always a little bit hesitant on on rookie tight ends and and how things play out straight out. But we get Will Fuller. So to run through the lineup again. We have Cooper Cup so far, Jamar Chase. We have Darnell Mooney, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Crowder, Wendell Robinson, and Will Fuller as our wide receivers. Then we have Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Ronald jo- uh, Ronald Jones, and Kenneth Gainwell at running back. And then our quarterbacks leave a little bit to be desired. But we have Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and after that point, then we have Desmond Ritter, and we have one tight end at the moment, and George Kettle. So overall, Sean, I think the team is is a pretty solid team i'd say of you know we're, we're lacking that depth of quarterback obviously for super flex but i think those options can still play out well for us and then we do need that support and cast at tight end but you know based on up in the super flex format if we are starting two quarterbacks that means that we're likely starting only the one tight end on most weeks so we'll see what we can patch together here the other thing just talking about um some of the options like dulcich um the reason that I've been looking to Jordan those couple of times is he does have a week six by, whereas George Kittle is a week nine by. And when we look through the other tight ends that are available, um, uh, sorry, Dulcich and the Denver Broncos do have a week nine by. So that might just be something to keep an eye on if we if we start to lose out in some of these some of these tight ends across the board. Um, we do have one, two, three, four picks remaining in this twenty pick draft. Based on what we've done so far, Sean, what do you think we need to do the rest of the way in terms of player allocation? We have five running backs and seven wide receivers. That's more or less perfect from the perspective that we took three early running backs. So we have a lot of running back firepower there. And the two running backs that we drafted later are two of our favorite zero RB targets in terms of Ronald Jones and Kenny Gainwell. Obviously, one of the things that we do discuss on the show is that your preferred zero RB targets at running back are not only for zero RB builds. If you have someone last season like a Devin Singletary or a Shad Penny or a Sony Michelle who crushes in the fantasy playoffs and then you put them in with a running back from those top couple of rounds who was also hitting, then that combination can really launch you. So for listeners who are preferring to draft a sort of anchor RB type of approach or modified zero RB and want to have one of those early running backs in there, that's a viable way to look at it. And it's so crucial then to have the correct late round RBs. We like the players that we got, especially considering it was this group. I thought we might have to uh, reach even more than we did on Ronald Jones. He was kind of the other guy that I thought might get picked very early in addition to those tight ends. Now, in this particular format, losing the tight ends probably hurts us a lot more than losing Ronald Jones would have. So, you know, from that perspective, uh, we, we don't necessarily come out ahead, but I do like that. And then with the seven wide receivers that we have now, especially with the two at the top, I don't think that we have to worry about that position. 
it's going to give us a lot of opportunities to fill the flex. There might even be some weeks where four wide receivers explode to the extent where you could play one of them in the super flex, where, you know, obviously the optimized lineup would pick one of them out to slide in there. I love where we are at that point. So now it's kind of a matter of who's the best value late. And with these last four picks, what do we do to address tight end? Is there a fourth QB that we want to take? One of the things that's kind of fun right now is that when we talk about these really unlikely scenarios, but scenarios that we have already sort of built our team around is the Seahawks passing game with Baker Mayfield. If that ends up being the case, the Jets passing game with Zach Wilson, those teams actually play each other in week 17. So that shootout between the uh, very poor quarterbacks that we have on both sides would be the one where then we're sitting there on Tuesday morning and saying, those are the guys who won the $50,000 for us. Come on, I like that. Geno Smith is a possibility. Sam Darnold's a possibility. Matt Corral, even though uh, his kind of situation there with the Panthers is one of the reasons that they're potentially looking at adding another QB. Kind of interesting the the news currently out on Malik Willis and him like deep in third place in the QB battle there. Not particularly encouraging, but as is the case at some of these other positions, it's these mid-season flips. And when the light bulb comes on, and he, you know, that doesn't mean Malik Willis is bad. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs saw fit to burn a season by <laughs> sitting Patrick Mahomes. So we know that some of these guys are going to progress very quickly as things go along. The fact that Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral and Malik Willis are not looking that great right now. That would that should be expected, right? So from that perspective, we want to keep that in mind. KJ Hamler does go at the 1706. So a couple of picks before us there. You didn't mention the big pick of Brevin Jordan at the, the 1611. Brevin Jordan was selected. Unfortunately, Johnu Smith was selected. I thought that one was disappointing because Johnu is a player that I think could make a big jump this season i don't think that bill belichick was happy with the way that josh mcdaniels used him last year colin we're, we're sitting on these these rookie tight ends i yeah i'm well, I, th- I think that we're we're looking you we're talking about the build i think that you know with these last four picks i think we probably need fourth quarterback and, and two tight ends is probably you know and have the flexibility in one of those other picks for whichever way we want to go but looking at the options we do have three tight ends we have Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, and CJ Uzama. I mentioned that Uzama is with the Jets. I don't know if we want to to get more Jets in here, but we do have obviously Zach Wilson and that. You mentioned the Week 17 element as well with that player or the the game with who potentially will be in the, the playoff finals if we are to try and get that game stack in there. Um, the other thing, Sean, I noticed in the the chat was is Wendell Robinson the new KJ Hamler uh, was a question come in. Maybe we'll answer that on the the recap show for when that one comes out but sean are we looking at back-to-back tight end picks here in these uh these these next couple of picks as we're, we're two picks away i think so i don't think we can afford to lose a player here cameron Brait is still available he would project to fall into a lot of volume with rob gronkowski retiring but there are obviously reports that uh, some of the team followers don't even think that he'll be the starting tight end so that you know, perhaps not <laughs> the greatest vote of confidence in, in his favor. Now, some of those reports, I think that you can discount at least a little bit, but Uzama and Brait are probably not the guys who are going to win it for you. Again, you have to go in eyes wide open with the rookie tight ends, but Trey McBride with DeAndre Hopkins out at the beginning, I think we'll get a little bit more of a chance than he would have otherwise. Dulcich with all of the the puff pieces on him and he was an excellent prospect right so I think that you kind of have to make these two bets and think that perhaps you are getting the second half of the season uh, that we saw from you know players like an Evan Ingram or an Aaron Hernandez yeah and just I'm just you can make the decision I'm happy with either of them but uh week nine by just for Dulcich I don't know if you want to split it with to make sure we get McBride here to avoid having having no tight end but uh, up to you on that one yeah, exactly. We want to go with McBride first. I think that he's the higher upside play. 
I think Dulcich make it back to us as well. So I would say that was just in case we get to uh, you know a, a drastic situation where we only end up with the two tight ends. But the other one you mentioned, Cameron Brett, K. Dotton, then is the the other option that would be available there. But you know I think we're taking big risks if we're we're diving that deep into our, our bag of tricks, I guess. But we are back on the clock. James Washington and C.J. Uzama go off the board. So Sean, I think we we take our other rookie tight end here. So Dulcich, it is. We'll be looking for him to have a lot of production in two tight end formations with Albert O. Colin, the other thing that I like here is that in drafts where I do get locked out at tight end, and it doesn't happen too often because I prioritize tight end and because I think that so many of the the late tight ends are such great values that they're among the players that I am willing to go above ADP to get. I mean, Fant and Everett, why would you risk losing them? I, they're like four rounds undervalued. So if you're reaching five slots to pick them that's no big deal so i don't get locked out at tight end that often but when i do i want to have dulcich because i have so much albert O. now is it's maybe the most likely scenario that they cannibalize each other and neither one ends up being a good play yes but that would be sort of the darkest timeline we're not necessarily betting on that it's, it's hard for the tight ends to stay completely healthy you're going to have russell wilson there we could have both of them i don't think that's impossible that we could have this as sort of a probably not a peak Gronk, gronkowski and hernandez situation because these two players just don't have that much experience I and mean, even albert o hasn't played a ton of snaps at the nfl level but I think the dynamism that the Broncos will get from the tight end position is such that it actually does create a little bit of a problem for the wide receivers. Now, that's not to say that one of the receivers won't blow up. Cortland Sutton uh, generating some rave reviews there. We know he's had some good seasons. He's now a little bit more removed from the injury that maybe would have given you a little bit of pause last year. So Sutton, someone to be picking everywhere. Judy, someone to be picking everywhere because he has this potential breakout in him and I think when you have those two guys and you have Russell Wilson, it's very difficult to not be sprinkling them into teams. At some point, though, even if the Broncos are one of the five highest scoring offenses in football, it's going to be hard to find the touchdowns for all of those players and Javante Williams as well. Yeah, no, that, that feels fair. Um, looking, Sean, just a question for you. Robin Kreisky does go off the board here in the 18th round. If anyone's listening, he did announce his retirement this week. I, I, <laughs> I, I've done the quotation marks things a couple of times with Rob Gronkowski's retirement. It is his second retirement from the NFL. Is it, what's your thoughts on players like that who we think may not play this year, who say they've retired, potentially playing? Is it is there any drafts where you would be willing to take somebody like that in the 18th, 19th round? I think you have to consider it because one of the things they've already said too is that you know, once you get into week 12, week 13, and the Buccaneers are probably leading the NFC South. They're in the playoff chase. They're in the chase for the number one seed. They're looking like they could be a Super Bowl contender again. And Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski want to get another ring together. <laughs> They've already been kind of leaking that he would come back in that situation or might. That it was, you know, if it's 50-50 that Gronkowski plays the very most important weeks and you're looking at rounds 18, 19, 20, I think you have to consider it. If you have other players that you like, then you probably want to move them ahead of Gronkowski. But it's going to be a compelling selection because the upside there is just so significant. Yeah, and I'm sure like when we look at it, you know, I, I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure when Brady announced his retirement, I'm sure there's some teams with you know shares in the 20th round of him and, and the regular best ball tournament. So, you know, spotting those guys in there, not something that I tend to do, but you know, obviously, if it works out, it would be a real upside pick. He was kind of going in that tenth round range of uh, regular leagues up until that retirement announcement. So we have two selections left to go. Um, Sean, we're going to look through some of the options at the moment. Geno Smith is still in the queue. Um, Cameron Britt's in there as well. I think we're probably probably going to sit at tight end the rest of the way now that we've added those two rookies, but. Any any players over this next two rounds that that adds that level of excitement for you? We talked about potential excitement. Um, you know, are are we deep jumping down to like a, a Romeo Dubes or a, somebody like that there, and the hope that we get get some upside plays at, at wide receiver? Well, Paris Campbell is the top player available. 
And he's pretty interesting because the Colts have been raving about Matt Ryan and they just don't have weapons at wide receiver. They don't have weapons at tight end. And so for Ryan to really score points, you know, a lot of that is going to go to Jonathan Taylor. A lot of that's going to go to Naheem Hines on a variety of dump off types of passes, but they're going to need some other production to make that work as well. I think that Campbell is interesting. Now he does go before our selection were three picks away. It is, it is pretty bleak at the positions here. Column, I've been looking at the roster construction explorer. I've been looking at these tight end and QB options. I've been looking at some of the week 17 matchups. One of the things that would have been fun would have been to play Campbell and Wandale against each other, even though that's not the game that you think that's going to make the difference for you winning. Most of the deep players that we've been talking about are also gone. Chris Evans is gone. We get a Velas Jones sighting here in round 19 to give you a little bit of a feel for how deep we are into this. I don't know that I would be completely against finishing with Geno Smith and Matt Corral. Go with Jarek McKinnon as a Kansas City Chiefs running back. I think that one is a fun one and would give us a little bit of a hedge there with Ronald Jones. Are you in on McKinnon? Let's take McKinnon here in the 19th and then take one of those QBs to finish out the draft. So we do take McKinnon and when we're looking at it, um, you know, hopefully hopefully we're, we're basically hedging completely against uh edward slayer there with all with all our options here for the chiefs backfield but you mentioned geno smith as a potential other option i'll, I'll just pitch out there you know taekwon thornton as an option or, or doob who i mentioned earlier uh, happy to take geno is that kind of a hedge that if it's a situation where mayfield isn't there and i guess this team could do with that little bit of extra depth of quarterback as well so i think yeah let's let's do it let's do it let's take uh <laughs> let's take Gino. so column i love it we know we wanted to get a four qb build after we didn't select any quarterbacks in the first five rounds we get gino there late i think he is the stealth starter for the seattle seahawks i think that he's a better player than sam and darnold and will be able to move the ball with those weapons that the seahawks possess this has been a very fun draft we get multiple Chiefs running backs uh, this one will be an interesting one to follow because the situation in Kansas City is so similar to the situation last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where I thought there was a very real chance that Leonard Fournette would get squeezed from both sides and Ronald Jones would be the better pure rusher now he probably was the better just pure rusher but because of the other weaknesses finds himself on the bench and then once you have Leonard Fournette out there all of the time he starts catching these passes. They like the way he's playing. Gio was no longer the player that he was in Cincinnati. Didn't do kind of what they were looking for. Didn't add that dynamism in the receiving game that James White had added so long for Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. And it ended up being Leonard Fournette all the time. In Kansas City, it really looks now like Clyde Edwards-Alaire has really lost all of his touches because jones the much better rusher mckinnon in all likelihood the most the much better receiver we saw him dominate down the stretch and in the reality playoffs last season as a receiving threat adding electricity that we just had not witnessed from a kansas city chiefs back since the departure of kareem hunt in this case, with both of those guys there now, it again looks like a back who is being drafted the earliest of the group will get squeezed, maybe doesn't have a role. He goes here at the 9.03 to Alex, who has been on the show before. He won in one of our contests and was fabulous on his appearance on overtime, a very good uh, analyst and a very good player. So he's making that bet in the ninth round it's the second running back after selecting aaron jones has melvin gordon after that really like those selections 
But for me, I, I just have so much Jones and McKinnon because both of these players have the athleticism that Edward Zolaire just simply doesn't have. And that was one of the things that was somewhat surprising about his selection ahead of the guys he went ahead of was that even at the time, and, and granted he's been injured, he hasn't lived up to the expectations the Chiefs had. Anybody can do that. It's not just you know that we pick out Edwards Alaire, other backs. I mean, you look at some of the guys now, like Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny, who are having a little bit of a second life. I mean, those guys underperformed what the team's drafting them thought they were going to do. Sony Michelle underperformed what the New England Patriots thought he was going to do. He's not the only underperformer, but it was odd that a back who didn't have size and also didn't have speed was selected at that point. These other Chiefs backs do have it, and it'll be very interesting to watch how this goes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We are going to. You kind of te- you start to to almost jump in. We we love to look through the the bills and and look through them, but we will do a recap show where we will talk through all the bills and see some of the the thoughts and takeaways. We'll recap on our build as well to see our thoughts on how that played out. But you can tell, you know, when you're listening to our other drafts, we're probably usually more relaxed when we're talking through them. We had extra time on the clock on this. We had the sixty second clock. But the listeners with some of those picks, particularly in the second half of the draft putting us under a little bit of pressure with how we were going to continue that build so really fun draft really enjoyed drafting against you know our own kind of audience our own community we will be doing more of these as the offseason progresses and of course we are just waiting for the last pick of this round so i will wrap up today's show thank you for tuning in if you want to sign up for a rotoviz nfl pass you can do so over at rotoviz.com if you use the promo code rv radio 2022 you will get a 10 percent discount to that of course, sign up and subscribe to all the Road of His Radio podcast feeds and, and leave us a written review. We'd really appreciate that. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by Sean Siegel, who is my co-host here on the show, one of the co-owners at Road of His. You can find him as well on Stadium Bananas. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com